0: hi
1: hello is it me you're looking for probably no 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 Under no circumstances this is rum doings episode 262 Mm. podcast at rumdoings.com at rumdoings and i'm happy to say that we're not on instagram (laughs) it's true Mm. my
0: wife is now
1: oh well when are the divorce proceedings going forth I've been trying to initiate them since we got married. I know. It's tough. It's tough. And, you know, it's one of those things you mean to get round to and you just never do. And then the drawer squeaks and you're still married to the wife and and uh, and you haven't removed that horrible little bit of blue tack on the
0: ceiling. All those little things. It's true. We've both come up with a topic. Good. Well, let's hear yours first, shall we? My topic is, with the latest set of atrocities, can we finally ban these video nasties? <laughs> What's yours?
1: With all these floods, shouldn't we just get rid of dams and use bottles instead? Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Uh, Yes, I did notice that uh, Trump was blaming your TV games, but we can't talk about that now.
0: I talked about video nasties. We're fine to talk about TV games.
1: Oh, that's true, actually. Which TV game in particular was he fingering?
0: I uh, See, I didn't see that he'd done this. I saw that he was blaming mentally ill people for it. And TV games. Did he really? Yeah. Trump condemns them as opposed to endorses them.
1: Yes. No more Hate t- has
0: no place in the US, he says.
1: No. Well, clearly it's got, got a perfectly comfy place in the corner on a plush pillow. A velvet cushion. Hmm. Um, I've had an annoying earworm for the last two days and I need to get rid of it urgently because I'm beginning to go mad. I know that people have earworms, but I really do believe that nobody has them to the degree that I do such that it actually causes mental illness. (laughs) (laughs) Does
0: it explain everything?
1: Well, no, the earworm I have is uh, when I give my brother or his family a lift, I tune into Magic FM rather than Radio 3 in order to make the environment more suited to what they're used to. Oh, no. And I'd left it on Magic, and when I turned on the radio, they were playing the 1980s song Xanadu <laughs> by, by uh, Electric Light Orchestra and, of course, sung by Olivia Newton-John. However, this version was sung by Jeff Lynn himself, and that song has now been in my head for three days. Can you help me, please?
0: Well, the best thing to do is to uh, listen to some of Judith's favorite music.
1: Mm. Well, I, 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 I think I need to try that. Um, the first thing I did is sometimes what helps to um, exercise earworms is to learn how to play them on the keyboard, to actually learn the chord progression and be able to play it. And that seems to, when your fingers can do it, it it kind of, as I said, it exercised it. It didn't help in this case. I think what the problem was, there was a particularly luscious diminished chord and I got stuck just repeating it. So I'm still in trouble. I agree. If I play some of Judith's stuff that she hears on Radio 1, that might actually be a very good solution to this. Talking of Judith and on Radio 1, she's just finished recording a segment for Radio 1 this morning. Oh, really? Yes, there is a look. Obviously, you won't know any of the names of anybody on Radio One because you don't have a child listening. But the, the, the 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 chap who does the breakfast show is now called Greg James. I see. And one of the segments that they do is call in with your unpopular opinions. Now. Obviously, it's Radio 1. So unpopular opinions isn't we should get rid of all the nignogs or maybe the gays should have their bits chopped off because they're going to interfere with, the, interfere with the kids. That's not the sort of unpopular opinion that's allowed to get through or, or, or even kids should be allowed to drive their mummy and daddy's cars without telling them and things like that. They're, they're more of the unpopular opinions that you'd expect to be allowed to get through. And Judith decided that she had an unpopular opinion. And her unpopular opinion was um, that the Tyrannosaurus rex is actually quite a boring dinosaur. (gasps) Oh,
0: goodness me.
1: And so she she had Victoria text that and they called back and said, yes, they'd like to discuss it with her. And apparently, because she's in kids' club, so Victoria went there to allow her to phone from her phone in kids' club this morning and... uh, She's talked with Greg James at length about this and it'll be on tomorrow at some time. So there you go. Um, How exciting. I I look forward to hearing her argument because, of course, the Tyrannosaurus clearly is the king of dinosaurs. It's literally the king of terrible lizards. I mean, they wouldn't have used the the Latin if it weren't.
0: Maybe she misunderstood the Latin and thought it meant like it's a terrible lizard.
1: Uh, Yeah, but Rex, you know.
0: Yeah, but it's not like kings have had a great history.
1: It's true. I mean, we've had some terrible kings, haven't we?
0: Well, I, mean, I haven't. Think of
1: Jonathan King.
0: Oh, that's a good point. I sat next to him on the stairs. Remember? Did he fiddle with you? He didn't fiddle with me. No, but I was ten. So you actually you're you're, you're a little a bit, bit ins- young for him.
1: But you're a bit insulted as well.
0: Yes, Jonathan. What was me. what was wrong with me? I was
1: a nice little boy. I'm not the hideous lump I am now. Come on. Oh, no, a...
0: I'm not hideous.
1: Come on, you are please. Uh, although really... I haven't seen you in about twelve million years, so you may have actually transmogrified into a, a, a sylph like adonis by now.
0: No, I haven't done that. I'm still a great big lump, but I'm not a hideous lump. Also, I have a lot of grey in my beard now, which makes me very, very debonair.
1: Oh, okay. Well, no, fair enough. That will have changed things entirely. Uh, yes. Um, are you? Got Have you got any grey? I haven't seen you
0: in like a year. Have you got um, any
1: grey? Not yet, but I'm looking forward to getting some soon. Um, has, has has Toby got any?
0: Not yet. How is your body letting you down now you're in your 40s? Um, I assume it's a wee-based. Sorry? Wee-based? I assume it's a wee-based. What do you mean? But okay. having to wee too many times and yeah. wees taking too long and all that business.
1: Well, I, I mean, I do find that I have to... I actually now do have... Do, I'm woken at night to have to go to the the, the, the toilet and that's a that really sorry to use the obvious phrase it pisses me off because I see what you did there. I mean, I, I, I really find that atrocious and it doesn't really matter if I don't drink anything before, Peter, before I do. I really just decided, OK, well, this will be a good time now for some reason to to demand that you evacuate yourself. I mean, that's a, a clear design flaw and I don't know why it should be there. So what I'd like to do is just get rid of my bladder, if
0: possible, just get a get a bag. Well, I've had a much better idea for this, mm-hmm. which is my hole in the mattress. I have two excellent no, Wii-based ideas. Let me no, run them past you. No, the first one is they're, a, they're no, a they're, hole they're, in they're the mattress they're, they're, you can just wee through. No, they, 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 you, your your idea is dead on arrival. Do you know why? I don't. I thought everything through, so there's nothing no, you can fool I, me with on this.
1: You're you're about to be kicked into kingdom come. I do I do not want to be awoken with a full weather oh, so the fact that i have to take a short walk to the toilet is neither here
0: nor there what do you think about uh seeing if you can re- re- retrograde your uh brain mm-hmm. to just be able to wean it sleep uh, like a baby and just put a nappy on
1: i'd be fine with that that would be good. The only issue is I think a nappy would be quite sticky and uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Because it's you know, it's that, that, that plastic and so on. That's the only thing that would worry me. But they certainly, look quite hot. I mean we've discussed many a time on this podcast the utter life destroying annoyance that is the bladder. Uh mm-hmm way it gets in the way it's a whining nephew i think you, you described it as constantly whinging and whining and demanding attention at inopportune times really we should just be able gently to sweat out whatever we need to sweat out and reuse the water that we have more efficiently this is a ridiculous system um and i am resenting it more and more as i get older and, and i have a Peculiar problem, as I've mentioned before, with and I always have with um, with urination on aircraft, and that as soon as I take off at altitude, if I drink something, I it basically passes through me as if I were just a hollow cylinder, (laughs) just a drain pipe. And I actually worry about this because, of course, I do want to be hydrated on a flight because otherwise you feel very grotty but it just passes through as soon as i pour it in and the number of times i would therefore need to get up and go to the loo makes me seem as if i'm a terrorist going in there to prepare something to blow up the plane i genuinely have these thoughts mhm and so i then say well i better hold it in for another half an hour because otherwise it looks suspicious <laughs> i don't know if my kidney just goes into overdrive when i'm at altitude or something but uh, it's a, have it have you
0: considered the notion that your kidney is a terrorist
1: Yes, I have, and I think it needs to be removed for questioning.
0: It's <laughs> a good idea. I um I always find, I always make sure I have an aisle seat on an aeroplane because the idea of having to ask someone else's permission to go to the toilet is in is, <laughs> is intolerable to me. Um but what really upsets me is when I go on a twelve hour flight and the person next to me doesn't go to the toilet once the whole flight.
1: I'm I'm suspicious to the degree that I almost think of them. As the way you think of Asian people. And then I wonder whether <laughs> whether they can, can you
0: please not besmirch all of Asia. Sorry, I mean my far... disgusting prejudice against the Chinese. Sorry, please.
1: Far East Asian people. Um I, 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 in that I'm not sure they're entirely human. I have seen people who and it's not just on air, aircraft, but you know, you, you can be with a colleague throughout the day or whatever, and you realize, hold on, I've been to the loo and they've not been once, and I've seen them drink a huge cup of coffee and then a coke, and then there's a where the hell has that stuff gone? Hmm. I I do wonder whether there are, in fact, two
0: species. I have a do... pair of glasses you can wear that will reveal them to you.
1: Oh, okay. I'd be happy to do that. I mean, I'm I'm very glad to say that uh, it's just the urine. There's there's no problem with um with number twos. Really, they're fine. Oh, I thought you were going to say
0: erections. Then.
1: Well, no, that's that's also all right. Which is important because as you uh, you know, this is a public service announcement. You know, as you get older, that shouldn't be a problem. And if it is a problem, it's not indicating quote one of those things. It's indicating that you may have incipient incipient heart disease. It's a very important condition. Mm. So, so listener, if you're if if you're of the male persuasion and you've noticed this has started happening and you don't know why, go to your doctor and ask him to do a cardiovascular checkup. It's doctors beg people to do that because they say it's one of the most effective early. Warning symptoms. And if you actually remember what Viagra was created for, it was created as a heart drug, which did its job well enough to allow things to happen that hadn't been able to happen before for a, for some time for people who had these heart problems. Ah, it's, I didn't know that. So, yeah, no, it's very important not to just go tee hee hee or one of those things, but go and get it looked at, gentlemen, because you may, it, it, the, the fact that that you um, your winky isn't behaving could be a very important early warning signal which might save your life.
0: If I've heard you right, what you've told me to do is go and show my doctor my erect penis.
1: Well, uh, if you can show him your erect penis, perhaps you don't need to be there. Show him your... Him? What are you?
0: Some sort of murderer? Uh,
1: show they your sadly flaccid member. <laughs> but that That won't ever be anything else. And then... They will save your life. I'm not going to call into question your uh, doctor's gender preferences.
0: Okay, fair enough then.
1: Although after seeing your sadly flaccid member, they may decide to change their gender preferences. Could be. Mm. Pertetre. It's funny, per I feel like literally means could be. Peut-être. Perhaps could be.
0: I feel like I've been cast on the role of the person who can't get it up anymore.
1: No, you have not You are the one who mentioned it in the first place, so I'm afraid it all falls back upon you.
0: Fair enough. My other great wee-wee theory, and this is really pertinent because I went for a wee before we started recording.
1: I didn't, and I'm feeling a bit annoyed by
0: that now. And then you you delayed us by Mm. about 10 minutes, and now I'm really busting for another wee, and we're only 15 minutes in. Isn't that ridiculous? Well, it's because I drank a lot of liquid this morning.
1: I do find it interesting how the... um... It's a bit like a Disneyland queue, how the, uh, the kidney clearly operates. and then You empty it once, and then suddenly the rest shuttles through, ready for its next tranche and so on. It's, it's quite clever in its own way, if it weren't so bloody annoying.
0: So anyway, my other brilliant theory is um, a democratic system in cinemas. Mm-hmm. So everyone has a button You've done that before. Chair. Oh, well, it's such a good idea that the new listener it, needs it. to hear it. Vote for a pause. Yeah, yeah, everyone press it. When they need a wee, you press a button, and once more than half the people in the cinema have pressed the button, then the film pauses so people can go for a Wii. Ah, uh, but won't that cause problems? Because a whole cinema's worth of people go for a
1: Wii at once. Well you that's someone else's of, problem to solve. You, you hadn't thought it through. That's where nappies again. I it, don't
0: ever go to the cinema when there's that many people there. I'm not mad. I'm not the ordinary person.
1: No. It's true, actually. You would go well, because you, you, also you don't really have a job, do you? So you can go at any time. Well, exactly. I hear that you're writing for blogs now, are you?
0: For the internet blogs, yes. What, uh, the Polygon? I, I am. I'm writing a column for Polygon. How the mighty have fallen. I dug up a couple of old articles I've written.
1: Well, you dissed um, Polygon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one from 2013 mm-hmm. called A Response to, uh, to Penny Arcade. Um, ad blockers. Gamepress article, which is about Ben Kuchira who's who to whom I'm i now have to send my articles. Mm-hmm. And then another one called Polygon and the documentary that cured cancer from 2012.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I was looking through my old tweets about them. It's really quite fun. Been very rude about Polygon over the years. Why have they given you a job then? I think because they're just I'm just so adorable. No, I bet you what what you will say is
1: now i I repudiate those harmful comments I made when I was so young and naive. I have learned subsequently about the pain <laughs> that these these views may cause, and I no, apologize.
0: No, no, yeah, I, I apologize if and may yeah yeah,
1: yeah yeah exactly that's that's what you've done, isn't it?
0: I've done quite the opposite. what I did in fact was retweet my earliest tweet, mocking them <laughs> good um on after the announcement of the column, so there you go.
1: Good. Are you still writing that thing for Rock Paper Shotgun?
0: Steam Jots, I finished it early just so we could record. Okay. Well, I started early so we could re- finish so I could finish early so we could record.
1: Okay. Uh, are you enjoying Prime Minister Johnson?
0: Um, do you know what? Do you? Do, do I? Do you know what?
1: Um, I think I might, but disabuse me if I don't.
0: Okay. I am pretending it's not happening to such a degree that I've not watched or I've not experienced his being the prime minister in any meaningful sense.
1: He's thrown a chunk of money at the NHS that had already been promised, John. Come on. That's true. And then he's spending 2.x billion on preparing for no deal, which of course is money that we wouldn't have had to have spent if we had been doing this nonsense. So that's all good.
0: He's very funny, though. He's very funny. Look at his tousled hair.
1: <laughs> I remember him when he was. Have I got news for you? <laughs> as we've
0: said, <laughs> yeah, he's wacky. Yeah, well, uh, so, it's just nice to have someone who's just a little bit, you know, who's a bit more fun, a bit more normal, like me, in, just, as the prime minister. Exactly. Somebody's got a, a bit, bit
1: of character.
0: rich journalist, beating liar,
1: sociopathic. Yeah.
0: Uh, serial knocker Adult. up of during affairs type, yeah. But yeah, basically someone like me who went to a one of the most expensive private schools and then and is in the Bullingdon Club, like I did.
1: Like you did, uh, uh, yeah. and and then was fired from a journalistic uh, job because he kept make, lying making in his up, stories,
0: making up quotes like I did when I worked at the Times. Indeed, and uh, then I was hired by the Telegraph in order to make up quotes. Yes, and uh, like and then, me, so he's just like me, and and like you, you became the foreign
1: secretary and completely cocked up the job. That's right, and I referred to all those pickaninnies. And then you you um, wrote two pieces, one massively pro-Remain and another massively pro-Brexit. And then doing the polling, you decided what your opinion would be based on your long-term strategy. That's
0: right. And it's just really nice to feel like I'm finally represented in Parliament.
1: It is good. And also you, you did get... Uh, trapped up on
0: that high wire thing was during the Olympics. happened to me. Oh, you're such a character, John. Ooh. John Oliver did a good, rather good piece on him. Not as good as it could have been because it was John Oliver. But yeah, John Oliver is a great disappointment to us. He all. is disappointing. Yeah. Um, I need him to stop saying it's true after every bit of VT they play. As if he gets to validate, like they're one, play and someone saying someone yeah. telling their own experience, then he'll announce it's true. Oh, thanks for you telling us it's true, John Oliver.
1: Tell me one thing that he said that you felt was a good
0: point, well made. Oh, it was—it's the usual thing of feeling smug because I already knew everything before he said it, and I was oh, getting to feel smug in front of Laura because I say it before he does, and then I, I say, "Look good. how clever I am!" Admire me immediately. I should be presenting that show. Um, no but he he just made nice point he put he pointed out stuff that we already knew but like how johnson always ta- you know he messes up his hair before he goes on the whole thing is a he exposed how the whole thing is an act that he is yeah so much more dangerous than um, I mean, I, someone stupid like trump because he's he's doing it on purpose
1: i mean i presume i must have mentioned before on this podcast about how th- there was an article by um oh god what's the name of that radio Two journalist guy who does talk shows and things like that. You know him. Jeremy Vine, yes. Vine, yes. Uh, uh, did I mention him before in his article in, I think it was the, either Spectator or The New Statesman?
0: I don't really listen when you're talking, okay. so I wouldn't know. Well,
1: well but very, very interestingly, he talked, and I'm sorry, listener, if I'm repeating this anecdote again, so I'll do it briefly, but he talked about how he went, how he, you know, as, as they are there, they're asked to do after-dinner speeches, and Vine was comparing, and the special guest was, of course, going to be Boris Johnson. It was at some uh, manufacturing place or some financial services thing where they were all slightly drunk and they're having a dinner, and then they were giving out awards. So Vine's really worried because, of course, Johnson hasn't turned up yet, and then Johnson turns up at the last minute, says, oh, ooh, uh, Jeremy, where am I? Starts scribbling notes down on a napkin as if he's about to extemporize. He, he then forgets the napkin when he goes up to the lectern. Vine panics and says, Johnson, you, you haven't got your notes. Go. So Johnson then goes up to the lectern. He looks around. He clearly doesn't know where he is. He says, it's wonderful to be at the, turns around and looks at the screen to see where he actually is and reads it out. He then, they, they, they find that very funny. He then extemporizes a speech. Then he gives an anecdote and he concludes, I- I'm sorry, but I've forgotten how that joke ends, ladies and gentlemen. And they all laugh because, you know, he's forgotten Boris. And Jeremy Vine then sent him a letter saying, you know, that was masterful work. It's amazing how you managed to wing it and you managed to uh, win the audience back despite the fact that, you know, you, you had turned up unprepared and so on. And then as it happened, a few months later, unusually, Vine was comparing another event for another organization. And who should turn up late but Boris Johnson? Mm-hmm. And a nap, uh, and he said, "Whoa, where am I? Oh, I wasn't supposed to do this." We're scribbling on a napkin, forgot the napkin on the table again. Went up to the lectern, looked, looked at the screen, said, "It's great to be at the." Um, um, looked at the screen to pretend that he hadn't realized where he was, and then proceeded to give his quote extemporized unquote speech, ending with a an anecdotal joke, and he again quote forgot quote the punchline of the joke, wow. and shrugged his shoulders. And Jeremy Vine said, at that point, I realized, yep. Yeah. So this is who we have. And I think at that level, we really, really do have a sociopath. It's not simply the the misusing of that word to, to call somebody bumpoo wee. That is sociopathy. That's unbelievable. And it's more telling than any of the other anecdotes I've heard about him. And it actually puts a chill up your spine when you realize – quite how calculated this man is um, well, that's why i don't think it's sociopathy. i think it's just skill isn't it no but it there is a skill used in a way that abuses um the very bonds that tie us as a social species it's like a robber of those bonds somebody who is leeching on them somebody who is a parasite on these very important trust mechanisms that allow okay, us so- to get on
0: I, I call that see,
1: sociopathy.
0: I went to see Bottom Live 2. Um, so it was a live performance of Bottom, the second tour. And it was very funny, very entertaining. And there was a bit where everything went wrong and it was very much amusing. They were having to improvise on stage and all these because mm. all these things had gone wrong with the sound effects and the bars and the prison cell they were in. And it was, it was very funny and we were all laughing along. And a couple of months later, the DVD came out from a mm-hmm. different night of the tour. And I watched it. And every single bit of what went wrong on our night had to be scripted. Yes, but do remember that Rick Mayl supported Brexit. This is true, and just up as Hitler, blah blah blah. But so I'm not I surprised. he died before. I think he died before Brexit was supportable, but he was certainly in favour of UKIP. Um, uh, yes, but this, this isn't that. Again, it's not sociopathy. It's this is what makes an audience laugh. This works, so we'll do. We'll make it look yeah, like it's going wrong because that gets big laughs. I draw a distinction. I was deeply hurt by it in a very very personal way I was no, felt very child- betrayed by what had happened. I think that's
1: I think that is childish in a way because that was a stage act produced by people who were playing explicitly playing characters and they were they were playing with the, the certainly playing with the borders of where those characters meet real life and so on. However, the whole point about Boris Johnson for those people who admire him, is unlike those other politicians, he's not playing a character. This is who he is, the shambling, improvising chancer who is a refreshing breath of fresh air, somebody who does not put on masks, who does not manipulate. That's the whole raison d'etre of the man. And the irony is, in playing that character of a non-character player, there is something deeply cynical and upsetting about it, especially when you use that to propel yourself to become a prime minister. And you know, I also do judge him, I do, and I know you're not supposed to. I do judge him for the many, many, many times he's betrayed women. I, I don't give you, I don't give him a free pass for that, and I don't give uh John F. Kennedy a free pass for that either. It's not just you no. Know, you know, I find I I think that besmirches their character and calls into question every aspect of their lives. Same thing with Bill Clinton. You know, I don't give them a free pass for that. I think it it puts at the very least a big flashing amber light on the on the on their dashboard. And I don't I have no truck for people who very kind of um, superiorly. Um, Sort of say, oh no, I I don't take into account anything about their private life. I don't think there is a difference. It's life. It's the way you either have a set of ethics or you don't. And if if you can compartmentalize them to that degree, such that your private life has nothing to do with the ethics in your
0: public life, that's almost more worrying. Mm-hmm. So no, I was thinking about bigamists. Hmm. So you hear these stories about the two families find out that they share is the same dad, the same husband, and they had two complete. And I don't, and I think to before I think about just the duplicity and the, the, the mental state to be able to live like that, I just think about how I'm so tired with one wife and child, Nick. Oh, it's more than enough. How on earth does anyone have the energy to have two, not just two complete sets of families, which is just sounds so daunting, but then also to balance them so they don't ever overlap and you don't bump into one with the other. And oh, my God, this just sounds so exhausting.
1: And to what end? I mean, it's just ridiculous.
0: It seems so. I, 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 like Laura doesn't need to worry about my having an affair because I am far too lazy.
1: Well, yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I, can you imagine the mental oh. uh, requirement?
0: Uh, why would you
1: want to go through all of that again?
0: I always think about where do you go? Like, if you're having an affair with someone, yeah. where do you go to have your affair? Do you have to do everything in there sort of in private? Or can you, you can't go out for a meal together because surely someone's going to see you.
1: Hence motels and hotels. It gets very expensive, I'd imagine. Oh, my God. It just sounds like so much hard work. And you'd think, you know... If you're having that much of a problem, just you know deal with it cleanly, because it'll be a lot cheaper and a lot easier and a lot less mentally taxing in the end. It's strange. It, uh, I agree with you. It's very odd. And I I remember one of the very early discussions I had with you, where you were tentatively finding out each other's ethics, and you you admitted a um uh, something quite bashfully, in that you you admitted that you would think less of Christopher Morris and his whole output if you found out that he'd, you know, been um if, if he'd committed adultery with Joe Unwin and so on. And and you said is that wrong? And I said, well, maybe it is wrong, but I think I would think of him worse if I'd have known that. Um, I have no, no recollection
0: I, of saying this. I'm sure uh, I did, but I have no recollection.
1: Yeah, no, it was an interesting moment. And and then because of the debate about whether you could still like the art, and of course, as you know, I do. I, I think that Wagner and more latterly the, the tunes of Michael Jackson are not are separate from the man. But while things are still raw, it's understandable that there will be, um, there will be an infection, which will eventually go away. Mm-hmm. And then sure. people will be able to enjoy the artistic products again. But right now, people who... Can still boogie innocently to anything that Michael Jackson did. Mm. I have to admit, I do look a little askance despite the death of the author.
0: It is funny with Jackson. There's so many other like Gary Glitter was just off the artistic roll call. It was just gone, deleted from everyone's playlist or whatever. Yeah, um, you don't often hear. Do you want to be in my gang? Was that yeah. him? Was that Adam? Yeah, I can't remember. What, whatever, whatever yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but. Michael Jackson, it's just everywhere. It's just ubiquitous still. No, everyone's got, ah, yeah. oh, whatever, it's just Too... a pedophile.
1: No, when you get when you, when you you reach a certain threshold of uh, value to the industry, yeah. then that gets dealt with. I mean, same thing, you know, if it, uh, as I've mentioned before, if it were found out incontrovertibly that uh, Paul McCartney were a pedophile, uh, what, do you think yesterday would suddenly stop being played?
0: No. no. Yeah, absolutely.
1: No. I'm not saying he necessarily is one, by the way. I'm just using that theoretically.
0: Mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: You know, not necessarily that he is one. Although, you know, John Lennon probably was one.
0: Probably, definitely, definitely probably was, yeah. Are or, any of the other Beatles dead, can we say about about any of the others?
1: George Harrison. Is he, was, he dead? He's, he's quite dead, yeah. Definitely he's, a pedo. He died from smoking. Mm. Yeah.
0: Oh, talking of which. Uh-huh. Have you watched The Orville? Yes, of course. I was, I'm was. i interested to know because it's... it's absolutely terrible, but it's terrible in exactly the same way that Star Trek The Next Generation was terrible.
1: Have you watched series one or series two? I
0: have watched, recently consumed every episode that exists. Including series two? Yes.
1: I think you're being unfair.
0: I'm not. Interestingly, I'm not being unfair. Interestingly.
1: I think you are. I think it has has heart. I think it has heart. I think you're wrong. It has someone else's heart
0: weirdly transplanted into it.
1: No, 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 no. It started as that and there were some awkward moments, but I think certainly by series two, it evolved into something f-
0: substantially different. It definitely changed. The first two or three episodes are unbearably awkward. It feels like two completely different TV shows trying to coexist. It's trying. Yeah. It's family guy and Star Trek trying to share the same but bed.
1: To be fair, have you watched the first few episodes of Star Trek, the next generation? Talk oh, about okay. unbearably awkward.
0: All Star Trek is awful. Um, apart from Discovery, which is quite good.
1: Sttng was was trying very hard to absolutely not be the original series, whilst embodying everything that was hokey about the original series. For example, and so, but
0: that's what's so peculiar about the awful. So this okay. So here's so in case the listener hasn't heard of it, it's Seth MacFarlane of, of a Family Guys um, love letter to Star to Star Trek. It's correct. it's a almost shot for shot remake of the next generation um to the point where it almost has no worth at some at some points in that it's so painfully similar
1: again there are things that were done that the that that the next generation pulled back from doing the, the the specific things about the gender reassignment and so on with regard to bortis and his Yes, husband. I would um, say
0: that is perhaps the only issue that they've done without being grotesquely patronising. I mean, the fact that they keep trying to do these these issue episodes that are about the most banal and overtrodden, it's just so strange. And here's what's so strange about series two, season two, is it's a season, there's 14 episodes, of which 10 are bottle episodes I always preferred the bottle episodes. Presumably, just so they could afford the other four, which are all little Borg episodes. But I always pref-
1: prefer the bottle episodes of every science fiction series. there's such two.
0: bad bottle episodes. There's a no. holodeck episode where a guy falls in love with a character off of the holodeck. Oh my gosh! That and that's it. That's the A no. plot. That's not like a C plot running in the background.
1: No, you're very That's wrong about the story these things. You see, i no, episode. no, 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 no. You see, I always have preferred, even in the next generation. One of my favorite episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation is an episode where almost nothing happened, called Data's Day, where it just takes around Data's Day. It's a complete bottle episode. I think there was one minor plot thing with some alien was discovered to be infiltrated. Blah 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 blah. I love works where they. Look at the minutiae of that universe in a comedy of manners way. That's why one of my favourite Tintin books is the book, which is just in Marlon Spike Hall, Almost Nothing Happens. It's called Castafiore Emerald. Um, and I love those pieces of work. And that's why I, I prefer I prefer bottle episodes
0: where almost nothing happens. I contend that you would not find similar enjoyment for that Tintin or those episodes were it not for there being, oh, uh, I agree. The one-off, I agree. Whereas in the Orville series 2, it's all bottle episodes. Presumably because they blew all the budget on the ludicrous special effects in the crappy no, sub-budget price Poundland Borg episodes.
1: No, I, I think you, I think you're wrong, and you're a grotesquely ugly freak. Thanks. Fair. Yep.
0: Well, I'm glad you made such a good argument. I'm so annoyed that they just went, oh, well, let's just have the Borg then. <laughs> just come up with your own ideas a bit. Mm. Also, this child of, I don't know their names, the silly Klingon equivalent with the gendered reassigned child. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Bortan or something.
1: Bortus. His son. Clyden. What's his
0: son called?
1: I don't remember the sons. Bortus and Clyden's son actually born a daughter.
0: Yes, and they and so they have a, a patriarchal society where women are f- yeah. women females are non existent yeah. or unallowed or whatever. Um so they have it. and it's, so I like the fact that it's not just an issue episode and then it's you know, there's not just it, they it was their take on FGM and then out the window. It was it's been a contentious issue non stop ever since. And I like yeah. that about that's good. But they um they've turned their son into Alexander Worf's son very quickly. <laughs> Did you not
1: like um, Larry Sanders' as Beverly?
0: I don't understand.
1: You remember know, Beverly on La- Larry Sanders?
0: Oh, I see. Right, yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my who also who also, I heard...
1: who also was, of course, in um, Deep Space Nine? But uh, was yep. she? Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know.
1: She's
0: in ds Nine. Yes, no. Exactly. Yeah, she, exactly. she
1: was. She she was the wife of the, of of Commander Cisco.
0: I noticed in the penultimate episode Racist. of season two that Marina Curtis mm-hmm. turns up as a primary school teacher with no introduction or reason for being there whatsoever. And that was and doing a creepy British accent. That's her actual real accent, isn't that it? That is thats yeah. her
1: actual accent. Yeah, she's got one of the most bizarre <laughs> transatlantic yeah. amalgams. Um, but also uh, Robert Picardo and various yes, others. Yes, he
0: turns Pop- up as Thingy's daddy, doesn't he? Yeah, He's got the, the same birthday as me, you know?
1: That means he's basically is you. Yep. I tried to um, watch this this new hospital thing called New Amsterdam, and then I found out it was Have just that every been cancelled other... already. And then I just found I was like, it was every other hospital drama uh, ever made. Um, I don't think any has come up to the quality of Saint Elsewhere, which uh, I remember being brilliant, and I think
0: should be watched again. I think you're forgetting about Chicago Hope. No, St Elsewhere was better. Chicago Hope, it was terrible to start Mm. with, but then it, so do you know, know, have we talked about the the ER Chicago Hope fiasco?
1: No. My God, we found something we haven't talked about.
0: Both shows aired their first episode at the same time.
1: That seems a little clumsy.
0: Um, And obviously ER absolutely destroyed it, even though it had Mandy Patinkin in it. Um, ER absolutely destroyed Chicago Hope. And so Chicago Hope, rather than get, getting cancelled and going away, for some reason, just embraced its position as the loser.
1: Honestly, and, how did that work out for it?
0: Go on. Well, it, because... How did that it, work out? It brilliantly, it, it started playing off that as a concept. So it um, there's one episode where the hospital isn't doing so well, so they bring in a consultancy firm to create an advertisement for them and so they're being filmed all the way through the episode and it's getting in everyone's way and blah 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 and it's just these cameras are in the way of the storyline and then right before the credits they show the video the the advert that they've made and what they do is they reenact the er opening Mm -hmm. titles that's amazing
1: oh my goodness!
0: um really and they would often refer to the the other Chicago hospital. They would often refer to it in in, in this as if it was like, oh, this patient had to be brought in from the other hospital because the other hospital was so incompetent. <laughs> and That was ER's hospital, and they would rescue do, the patients that ER could I do them.
1: like that. Does sound good, actually. I I admire that.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. It had, ended up having lots of running jokes and all sorts. It was a very peculiar, sort of dreamlike program by the end of its run. Okay, I will allow it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I would like to recommend say... that everyone watch another TV show. Are you I didn't ready? I did hear what you said there because the... Yes, go. Something's gone wrong with our recording. We should probably stop.
1: Yes, but you can tell me yeah, about the TV I... show first.
0: Uh, no, I think we should stop recording because this isn't working anymore.
1: Bye-bye, everybody.